already is done. The people online are like, hey, how come you haven't started yet? Right? If you're online, thanks for joining us. And you need to come see us in person, too. All right? Yeah, we'd love to have you in here if you're able and willing. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started tonight. Let's, uh, let's stand and we'll sing together. This is the day. We'll round. You want to try us around, huh? I don't know, one side versus the other, 10 people over here and 15 over here. Who's going to win? Oh, no, Chuck, you need to be over here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Do you guys, so raise your hand if you don't know this song. Do you not know this song? Raise your hand. He's like, I don't know, what is it? This is the day. This is the day. This is the day. So this side starts first, and then this side echoes. Well, let's try that. Are you ready? Go ahead.
prayer request with you first so that I don't forget to do that, and then uh, we'll have some time in prayer. Uh, you may or may already know that Mark Seitz is in the hospital, had a stroke yesterday. Um, it's not seemingly a severe stroke. It's affected just his right arm. His mind seems to be clear, his memory clear. He's not. He can swallow and talk and uh, no facial issues, no issues with his leg. Uh, he is right-handed, but his right arm seems to be affected. He's got a, um, a blood clot in his carotid artery. Uh, that's a very serious thing. So they're, they're pumping him through with uh, blood thinners, trying to get that to break up on its own and take care of itself. So just pray that that would happen. Um, they're going to send him home tomorrow, probably, on blood thinners, but they want to go ahead and run the heparin through him intravenously for another 24 hours. He seems to be responding well to it, uh, so that's a big deal. So pray for him. Uh, Donna Glass's husband, Kelly, uh, went in for a scan, and they found uh, a tumor about the size of a golf ball. Uh, the oncologist believes it probably is some form of, form of cancer. They're going to uh, do some things tomorrow, and they'll see the oncologist tomorrow afternoon to to see what it is. So they're praying for peace and strength and wisdom and all those kinds of things. So uh, pray for Kelly. Uh, Robert Murray, uh, they found two uh, spots on his lung, uh, and his kidney function, is the numbers are off. So, you know, they removed one kidney with cancer, what, six weeks ago, whatever it was, two months ago. So just continue to pray for uh, Robert. I know that they would like to uh, have that resolved, whatever that is. So uh, pray as they work through those things. And then... Um, Norm Green has been having pain in his face, uh, on the right side I think it is, and uh, so last week they went in to see if they were going to literally, I, I call it basically give him a stroke. They were going to clip a nerve and it would have just kind of killed this side of his face. He would have lost his vision and lost, he would have been stroke-like, but in going back in they don't think that that's the problem, that the problem they thought it might have been isn't the problem. So they're still trying to figure it out, um, but it's like unbearable pain for him. So if you would just pray for Brother Norm, I know that he would appreciate it. So I want to bring those up before I forgot. We'll take prayer requests at the end if you have something to share. Uh, we'll make sure that we give you those to share. But right now I just wanted to kind of give those to you because I know that I'm notoriously bad about forgetting things when we get to that. So so uh, I well, last time we got together... It's been a couple weeks ago. Captain Bly's been filling in for me. I'm going to be gone again next Wednesday. I leave Sunday uh, to go to Pensacola. I speak Monday morning, and so in order to be able to speak there Monday morning at 10.30, I have to leave Sunday to get there. So I won't be here Sunday. Uh, I'll be speaking there on Monday morning in chapel, Tuesday morning in chapel, Wednesday morning in seminary chapel, Wednesday night at the church service, Thursday morning at the high school chapel, and at the... Uh, ministerial class, and then I'll be coming home Thursday evening. So uh, it's going to be a busy time, but looking forward to it. So uh, they usually keep me pretty busy when I go down there. Uh, so uh, just, but we get to see our kids, got four kids, four of our kids went down there for the first uh, time this year. So that's, we'll go down there and encourage them. And then we have, I think, uh, five interns that are still in school down there or in seminary, one of the two. So uh, just uh, looking forward to being able to go down there, so just cover your prayers for that. So anyway, we're going to go back, and yeah, not go back, but we're going to pick back up again where we left off on this book entitled Side by Side. If you remember, 
Uh, these are back ordered. I tried to order 15 of them, and uh, I finally got an email that said, we will mail them to you as soon as they are available. Well, I don't know what to tell you. So they're, I don't know why they're back ordered, but they are. But anyway, uh, the book, the premise of the book, if you remember, I'm trying to kind of just bring us back up to snuff here. Uh, the premise of the book is that all of us, all of us are made by God to be dependent people. God didn't make us independent. His desire is for us to be dependent, dependent primarily on him, right? We're supposed to lean on him, lean not to our own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge him. Uh, with that in mind, then, uh, God, when he created us, looked at us and said, it is not good that man should be alone. I need to give him some help. And he, and he gave us help. And then, of course, we mess things up with sin, and we really need help. And so the whole, the whole of the Bible is that man needs help. And uh, so the first half of this book is to convince us that we need help, to, con to make us willing to accept help. Uh, so in order to accept help, we have to first recognize that we need it. So, uh, you know, if you remember, uh, the last time we were together, so it's, been, it's been three weeks, three Wednesdays ago, um, we were talking about the busyness of our heart, the heart being that central of our of our spiritual walk. There's Robert. How you doing, sir? We were just talking about you. So when's the next doctor's thing for you? October 2nd. October 2nd. What are they going to do? Don't know yet. Okay. All right. All right. And, and they found one or two spots on the lung. What was that? Three spots on your lung. Okay. So. All right, nodules, okay. All right, so anyway, just keep praying for that. So anyway, um, so uh, we were looking about how the busyness of, our, of this thing we call our heart, which is our inner being, right? Where everything that happens in our life, every thought, uh, every fear, every emotion, uh, every, everything goes through our heart, right? It impacts our inner being, our core. And because of that, our, we are... We are spiritually bombarded and exhausted, and we need help, right? And God offers us help in three primary forms. This one being really the primary one, right? He's given us his word, and I like this one first and foremost to tell you because it helps us get into perspective why it is that we need to have a study on this. We all recognize we need help, and God says, here, this is some of the greatest help I can offer you right here. And yet, most Christians struggle to go to this book on a regular basis. I mean, God says, here's your help. And we're missing it. We're missing out on the primary, one of the primary things he gives us for help, right? When he saves us, he gives us his Holy Spirit to live in us, to encourage us, to enlighten us, to challenge us, to grow us, to strengthen us, to do all of those things. Uh, that's what the Holy Spirit's doing. So he's given us help in that form. That, and the Holy Spirit is always doing his job as far as, you know, trying to point us to God's truth and remind us. But within the Christian walk, there's this little thing that, uh, that the Apostle Paul describes, how that we can sear our conscience, right? We can, we can ignore the, the prodding of the Spirit in such a way that we're no longer actually getting it. 
So here's, God's trying to give us help. He's trying to give us help. He's trying to give us help. And then the third one, which is probably the hardest one for us to deal with, is, our, is the help that's sitting around us right now. God gives us a church. And he's given us a church so that we can, iron sharpening iron, we can come together and help one another. So uh, the first of this book, the first half, which we're going to finish up today, and then we'll get into the next half of it, uh, the next time I'm with you, uh, is, is about getting us to recognize that we need help, that we just simply can't do this, uh, this on our own, and we need help. And so uh, that's what this book is all about. We are needy people, and the, the next, the next um, thing he wants us to consider is we're needy people because our burdens are heavy. Our burdens are heavy. Has it dawned on you that every single person that's walked into this room tonight brought burdens in with them? There's nobody that's exempt from that. Everybody has, right? So Robert's got the burden of having to go back to the doctor. We've got the burden of Mark, the, the Sites family, of dealing with this thing. Scott's sister just had 14 hours of brain surgery. She, by the way, she went home the next, was it two days later? Two days later, went home and is taking the stitches out tomorrow. I, I don't understand it. Uh, it's amazing how quickly things can happen, but um, that's the ones we know about, right? That's the ones we know about. Then there's all the things that we don't know, all the burdens that people have carried in with them that... They've just kind of kept to themselves, and there it is, and we don't know, we may never know. But every single person brought a burden, at least one, in with you tonight. Uh, and that burden is weighing on your soul, and there's a God who recognizes that we're carrying a burden, and that we need help. He's given us His Word, we may be missing out on the help of His Word. He's given us His Holy Spirit, and we may be ignoring the Holy Spirit's prodding and pleading and and nudges toward doing what we need to do and so here we are like almost like a last ditch effort from the lord like let me help you here right we gather ourselves together in church and we have a chance for somebody to come along and, and encourage us and, and lift us up because god's desire is to help us the question is not do we need it the question is will we take it because we all need it and because our burdens are heavy so we're going to look at those heavy burdens a little bit uh today uh, circumstances are heavy. This is from the book, and by the way, these uh, these just happen to be from the book, but it happens to fit in with what some of the things we've been talking about already tonight. What are issues of the heart? When you think of the, the, these things are heavy, these burdens we're carrying, what are the issues of the heart? Give me one of the issues of the heart. Say it out loud. Fear, Fear right? Fear. Fear of the unknown, what's going to happen next. We don't know. Uh, you know, fear of... Fear of what's going to happen with our kids. There's a decision that we have to make. There's, you know, there's something taking place out there, and and uh, you know, the, there's that fear. So, I, you know, I'll give you one of my own. Um, you may or may not know this, and I guess it's we're not trying to keep it a secret. We've been talking about it, so we kind of we forget that everybody. We've never really made an announcement, but Melody and I are moving. Okay, we're not moving like away. We're not following Pastor Andrew. You you, you don't get that lucky. Uh, we're just moving like down the street. But when Mel's mom and dad passed, uh, part of what happened in all of this is that for the very first time in our 36 years of marriage, we own a house. We've never owned a home before. And uh, so now we own a house. And uh, so we're going to move to it. Uh, this house over here, I'm, I'm going to say this. I don't know. 
uh, you know, it's not really right for me to say it because I just talked to the deacons about it last Sunday, but we're probably going to take the upstairs and turn it into office space. Um, Pastor Brett's so excited about having an office that has a window. He's never had an office with a window before. <laughs> if you've ever seen his office, it's literally a glorified closet, and it's really not very glorified. It's just a closet. And that's, that's our offices over here. That's the way it is. It's fine. Uh, but we've got the upstairs, the downstairs. We already used the big room for Sunday school. We already used the garage for Sunday school, which we need, so we'll keep that. So that leaves a bedroom and a bathroom downstairs uh, and a uh, and utility room, you know, where all the furnace and stuff is. And so we'll probably make a, just let it be a prophet's chamber, right? So we have an, another place when we have some pastor that needs to stay someplace. By the way, it's got a super nice shower when they... When Mia's, uh, when, you know, when we flooded during Mia's wedding, they came in and gutted the whole place. We, you know, they put in a shower that, I'm not making this up, it's like a spa. Uh, you, you're going to want to come over and stay all night and, and just, it's a spa. Now, let me tell you how big our shower is. We had the teenagers over uh, one night about a month and a half ago or so for a Sunday night after church, and we put 23 teenagers in our shower. That's how big it is. It's huge. <laughs> we were closed, right? But you know, I'm in there with them. We had 23 of us in there in the shower. It's like, wow, it's, it's just a really nice place. That's the only thing I'm really going to miss about this house. I'm not going to miss the stairs. You know, I, you know it's going to be nice to be able to, you know, but man, I tell you, that shower is going to be hard to give up. But anyway, um, but you know, you know what I've never known? I've never known what it's like to, I mean, in 32 years of being your pastor, I've never known what it's like to have to drive to work. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's just weird. I know it seems like it's, there's a lot of unknowns. I've never, we've never owned a house. Home ownership is different, right? We have already had to pay taxes. We've already had to, you know, pay, a, what is that, you know, the home home association fee, uh, you know, and it, it's all this kind of stuff that just comes with home ownership. But praise the Lord, we just got the roof redone before Dad died, so... Uh, it's got a new roof on it. You know, it's pretty pretty much right now a maintenance-free house, so that part's nice. But anyway, um, that's just one little thing that, you know, I've walked in with. That's not a huge fear. I'm not really afraid of it. More excitement than this fear, but it's uh, the unknown. I don't really know. Everybody's walking in with things like that. Everybody. And so, you know, these are issues. That's fear is one of them. What's another issue of the heart? What, say it again? Grief. Grief's a big one, right? I mean, this... This has been a rough year. We were we were um, just contemplating in the last in the last less than a year. We have buried seven church members. Um, we've had major health issues with at least three or four of you, five of you, five of you um, that I'm well aware of. It's off the top of my head. I mean, we're we're you know we're 11 months out, and it's been it's been that kind of a year, you know. So everybody, and while the Lord gets us through it, I know, and we can find joy uh, in spite of our circumstances. We're still carrying it, right? We still carry it all with us, you know. So as we as we go through the house, by the way, you know, it's uh, it's that bittersweet as we're cleaning things out and. You know, finding things and it's all bittersweet. So it's, you know, there's grief, no question. What's another issue of the heart? Bitterness. I have no idea if anybody's carrying bitterness in with them, you know, but 
Bitterness is an issue is an issue of the heart. You know, that, you know, it's something that, and most of the time, if you if you're bitter, I'm just going to say this, all right? Most people who are bitter don't talk about it. They want to hide it, and they think they are. But everybody who knows you for more than five minutes knows, you know, because you can't hardly hide bitterness. It's just it starts eating away. It eats at your soul, and so you know it's. You're carrying it with you, and there it is. So bitterness. What's another one? Loneliness. Loneliness. You know that's huge. You know, and there's a saying, and it's a true saying. You know that uh, the loneliest people are the people who are lonely in a crowd. And whether you know it or not, there are people who come to our church regularly, and they feel lonely. In our church, you think, how in the world do you feel lonely in a church like ours? You know, but it's not that difficult because even in a church like ours it's easy for our relationships to become superficial Sunday morning Sunday night Wednesday night we love each other to death but we don't think of each other Monday Tuesday Thursday Friday Saturday and that's what loneliness is right loneliness what's another issue of the heart Bill spiritual struggles we're going to talk about that one in just a little bit but there's spiritual struggles right there's there's things that we're just dealing with, and, and we're trying to trying to get past it all, and, and we're bringing it into church with us. I saw another hand. I thought, what's another one? Regret. When when my kids graduated from high school, I bawled in front of you all. You know, you guys may or may not remember if you were around. And I remember my going home. This is JD's was graduating, it was that senior Sunday, and I'm just, I'm struggling, I'm just struggling. And J.D.'s like, Dad, get a grip, you know, uh, I'm not, first of all, I'm not dying, and secondly, you know, this isn't sad, this ought to be a happy occasion. I'm like, son, you don't understand, I'm not sad, this is a happy occasion, but there are a thousand things going through my mind that I wanted to have done before you graduated from high school. And... I'll never be able to do, you know. It's done. We're we're to this point. It's a different phase of life. I wanted to have done this, and I didn't get it done. And that's just one little thing, right? I mean, in the scheme of things, that's a pretty small regret. But there's a lot of big regrets. How do you? What do you do if you, there was somebody who's you're standing before their casket, and you're thinking, "There's so much I wanted to have done, to have said," and wow. You know, it's called regret. I mean, we're carrying that. Everyone, everyone, bringing in these issues. Of, give me one more issue of the heart. We'll be done. Discouragement, pressure, jealousy. We'll give more than one. So all those things. You get the idea. They're just all there. They're all there. And for the most part, none of us are wearing that on the outside, Right? We've walked in here, we've smiled, greeted one another, hey, good to see you again, brother, how's your week been? We all, we all lie and say, oh, fine, it's been great, you know, and, and and that's what we do. And then we sit down and and all of a sudden we start talking about this, because we all came in with it. And God looked at us and said, it is not good that you should do this alone. That's, he, he didn't make us this way. And we're trying to endure it, to gut it out. And God's like, no, you're missing the point. I made you to be dependent. Read the word. Let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart. And let the church do its job of iron sharpening iron.
So that's what this book, Side by Side, is about. That's just one of those four. Health is another one, right? I, I, I will tell you honestly, when I became your pastor 32 years ago, I was 30. And I thought to myself, man, some of these people are whiners. You know, it's like, you know, you know who I thought were whiners? All the 65 and 70 year old people. It's like, come on, buck up, get over it. You know, and because I was 30, I didn't understand that concept of, you know, that your body starts becoming your enemy instead of your friend at some point in your life. And it's like, this is, it's not the same. It's not the, like it used to be. And Part of that regret is that I wish I'd have done some things before my body wouldn't let me do them, right? Uh, that frustration that comes in, whatever. And so our health is a big deal. I mean, I, don't take it for granted. I, I, I'm just being honest. I, I have enjoyed wonderful health in my life. I mean, I, I in my whole I, the last time I was in the hospital for more than an hour, so I went, I, well, I've only been in the hospital twice in my whole life. I mean, even like to the emergency room. And then once was when I had a fatty tumor and they took it out of my body and it was no big deal. And the other one was when I was 16 years old and I was in a car wreck and broke my jaw. And that was when I spent eight days in the hospital then. I don't really remember, but that's, I, that's the only time I've ever stayed in the hospital, ever. I'm, I still have all of my things, like I've got my appendix, and I've got my tonsils, and I've got my... Yeah, I've, I've never had anything cut away, and you know, it's, just, it's amazing. Uh, I've been healthy. The last time I was at the doctor, closest thing I've been to the doctor in the last seven years, I went to we, I went and got diagnosed with COVID. Actually, I took Melody to get diagnosed with COVID, but I thought I better be tested, and they said you tested positive. I I wasn't sick, but they said I had COVID. I, I didn't have any symptoms, but I tested positive. She tested negative, by the way. But uh, anyway, that's why we went for her. Otherwise, I called Doc the other day and said, hey, I've got pink eye, I think. Can you give me some medicine? That's my idea of going to the doctor, you know? It's like the, my idea of going to the doctor is just don't go to the doctor. I, I haven't been to the doctor in forever, you know? My doctor's uh, deacon at Thompson Road Baptist Church. He's a great guy, uh, but... Uh, why do I want to see him? You know? <laughs> yeah, I've seen him at church. We went, you know, we went to a revival meeting. He was there, and hey, dog, hey, <laughs> but apart from that, I don't see the guy. Uh, you know, um, I've enjoyed good health. I really have. And but that's not true for everybody. And if you're like me and you've enjoyed good health, and all of a sudden you don't have it after you've enjoyed it for so long, it changes things, and it's a it's a heavy circumstance. Relationships. Relationships are like two-edged swords, right? They're, they're good and bad. Um, even when they're struggling, the reason, you know why the, the reason a relationship hurts so bad is because you love the person so much, right? The more you love the person, then the more it hurts when the relationship is strained. And, and so relationships become their own heaviness when there's that strain, when there's that tension. Uh, family and, and friends and coworkers, and you know, over the years, I've preached funerals for people who hadn't seen their siblings in years and came together for a funeral. Hadn't seen their siblings. You know, that I, I can't comprehend those kinds of things, but you know, it it's just the way it is for some people. There's a there's a heaviness that comes with relationships. 
And then finances, you know, who hasn't had financial problems at some point in your life? And, you know, that becomes that. They're all sitting right here. I mean, up there, you know, represents what's in this room. And, and God's saying to us, you don't have to go this alone. Or you don't have to do this alone. In fact, you shouldn't. I made you to be dependent. Read my word, listen to the Spirit, and let the church do its job. And so uh, we're just trying to convince us how desperately we need to have um, some help. You know what else? Sin is heavy. Not only are circumstances heavy, but sin is heavy. I'm going to be the one to tell you. Everyone in this room, your pastor included, we dragged sin in here with us tonight. You know, the reality is, we, for the most part, minus perhaps Jonathan over there, and I guess, you know, maybe a couple of you. I'm not going to start guessing ages here. Um, most of us, we've been saved for years. The idea that we're struggling with sin is almost shameful for us, right? And so that's why we quit talking about it. Because we feel like we should have gotten victory a long time ago. That's what we feel like. But you know what? The Apostle Paul struggled. Hello. You know? If the Apostle Paul struggled. So we're not alone in this. And so we've been dragging this sin struggle around with us for years and years. And here we are. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12 describes it as let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which doth so, what's that word? Easily beset us. This is who we are. Saved, changed by the power of God, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and still finding ourselves easily beset because sin is a heavy weight. And God didn't intend for us to carry this by ourselves. He didn't. And, and He gave us helps along the way. Uh, he gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He gave us the Word of God. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And he gave us one another. And uh, sin is heavy. We dragged it in here. And, and you know, again, like I said, we, we almost have quit talking about it. We're in that age group. Teenagers, they'll, they'll lay it out there for you. Well, of course they will. They're still on the early side of dealing with their sin, right? Everybody expects the, the teenager to be struggling with sin. But, you know, when, when we're where we are, when we're the mature Christians in the group, we sometimes feel like we shouldn't be dealing with this, but it's still our reality. In Romans chapter 7, look what Paul says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Not in the spirit that is in him, but in his flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will, the desire, is present with me. I want to do what's right. But how to perform that which is good, that's how I struggle. I'm, how do I get to that place where I'm actually doing it? For the good that I would, I do not. I know that this is what I should be doing, and that's what I'm not doing. This is Paul writing, by the way. And the evil which I would not, that I do. If the Apostle Paul is struggling, I have a feeling that this Wednesday night crowd has dragged in some sin with us. And we're struggling. It may be some of the sins that we just mentioned, bitterness and jealousy and anger and frustration and maybe you know things that we haven't mentioned but here we are and we're battling this sin we feel like we, we feel like we should have gotten victory years ago and we probably should have we probably should have let's just be honest but if we're to this point and we still don't have victory it's probably because we're going about it the wrong way 
We're trying to do it on our own. And we can't do this on our own. That's the whole point of this. It's the whole point of the scripture. It's, Jesus is trying to teach us something here. I can't do these things. Without him, I can do nothing. You know? And he's given us the helps, and we need to, to accept the help that he's given. Jesus said, come to me, all of you, you that, are labor, that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We've come in here heavy laden. This is us tonight. Burdened with circumstances and burdened with our sin. Uh, verse uh, chapter or Psalm 38 is powerful. Listen to what it says. For mine iniquities are gone over mine head. As a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. Wow. This is what sin is. Sin is not a battle. We're going to win on our own. It's just not. And when we try to do it on our own, we're in trouble. And God's, I mean, honestly, God understands. He does understand. That's why he keeps saying, come unto me, all you labor and heavy laden, let me give you rest. He understands so much so that he said, here's some help. Here's the word. Here's some help. Here's my spirit. Here's some help. Here's other Christians. Let's accept the help that God has given so that we can begin to have a lighter burden. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Right? That's what Jesus says. When we do this his way, then it lightens the load. But otherwise, we're dragging our circumstances with us. We're dragging our sin with us. And it's no wonder we're, we're living defeated Christian lives. It's no wonder we feel like the church is failing because we're not accepting from God what the church was supposed to be doing for us. We're missing it. Uh, it's that side-by-side concept. So, you know, here we are. Let's, let's uh, let the Lord give us the help that we need. So, what does it mean for sin to be too health, too heavy for us? It means I can't defeat it alone, and I need strength, reminders, and guidance. And some would say this, see, Pastor, I need strength, reminders, and guidance, and that's what the Holy Spirit does. You're right. I can't argue that point. Does the Holy Spirit give us strength? Yes. Does he remind us? Sure, that's what he, that's what he does. Right? He nudges us constantly, he convinces us of sin and righteousness and of judgment. That's what he does. Does he guide us? Absolutely. So, if we're not careful, our, our interpretation of that is, see, I don't need help from other Christians. I've got the Holy Spirit. Well, let me ask you this question. Do you need help from this book? Oh, wait a minute, you've got the Holy Spirit. Who needs the Bible anymore? Oh, wait a minute. That's not how this works. God's help is on, ultimate, on various levels here. It's not just a one, you know, one-sided, one-faceted concept. You know? And so, just like we need this book, God knew we needed each other. And he gave us each other. He gave us family. He gave us a spouse. He gave us friends. He gave us church uh, friends. So because he knows that if we're going to defeat this stuff, it's going to be because of all of the tools that he's given us. That's what it does. His word is quick and powerful, sharpening a two-edged sword, and it divides the soul and, uh, you know, and joints and the marrow, and I can't remember that verse. I'm just chopping it up. It, I mean, it does a great work. You understand? It does a great work. But the word works coupled with the spirit, which works coupled with the church to fully bring us what the help that we need. 
And it's not just a one-faceted thing. And we're trying to do this with one aspect of this. And we set the word aside and we kind of ignore the church concept and the Holy Spirit. We're trying to go alone with the Holy Spirit. And it's no wonder we're finding ourselves coming up short. We're missing out on the help that God offers. So, yes, we need those things, but those things come from the Word, just like they do the Spirit. And those things come from each other, just like they do the Spirit. Uh, we, we can't do this alone, and God knew it, and He said, your sin is way too heavy for you. You need some help. Um, these are two phrases we need to get used to. I need your help, Lord, and I could use your help, brother. And we, we do the first one all the time, Right? in the privacy of our own prayer closet, in the car on the way to work, you know, when we're taking a shower right after we've just had the big fight with one of our family members and we're in there mumbling to ourselves in the shower, at some point we say, Lord, I need your help, right? I need your help. We say that one a lot. Getting to the second one is a little bit harder. Hey, brother, I could really use your prayers this week. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole little... Um, let me see if I can find this real quick. There's a whole little section here on how to do this well. And I like, I like this section. Assuming I can find it. When he, he says in here, don't, um, don't just say, hey, brother, I could use your help. But be a little more specific. So um, he says in here, um, what we should do is, he goes through how to ask. First, we share the burden, and then we should ask, you know, be specific in our request. So, uh, I have been so tired, I feel like I'm always a few steps behind on everything. You ever felt that way? Okay, so you're saying that to your friend. Followed up with this. Would you pray that I'll find rest in Jesus? See how all of a sudden we're... Because we're, otherwise... Can I just say this? Otherwise, you know what that first line sounds like all by itself? I'm tired. I feel like I'm behind all the time. What does that sound like? A complaint. <laughs> and nobody wants, nobody, wants, nobody cares about our complaints, right? If all we're going to do is just come and whine, nobody cares about our complaints. But when we follow it up with, would you pray that I can find rest in Jesus? Now, all of a sudden, there's a difference in what we've just, in the connection we've just made. It is, I recognize what I need, and I'm asking you to pray with me about it. And it changes everything. Listen to another one. Uh, first, the burden. Uh, this is so hard. Would you pray for, my, for a healing for my daughter? Okay, that's fine. But listen. Would you pray also for the perseverance and that I would be able to fix my eyes on things that are not seen? Because now it's not just... My daughter's going through a hard time. Life's not fair. Wah. Life's not fair for anybody. We just talked about that. Everybody walked in with circumstances. Everybody did. Life's not fair, and then you die, right? I mean, that's kind of the saying. Life's not fair, and then you die. But, you know, if we can take it to that next level, would you pray that I'll keep my eyes on the Lord in the middle of all of this? Uh, here's Share the burden first. I've been so impatient with my kids recently. I need help. Well, you know, you... Somebody says that, and like, well, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. Here, take my kids for a while. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, of course, everybody has that one. But if you follow it up with, would you pray 
that I'll know Jesus' unlimited patience toward me so that I can pass that on to my children. Woo! It changes everything. And now all of a sudden, we're praying for each other. I mean, in a meaningful, different way. Uh, it, it, you know, it, it makes us to have to think through. So, you know, if somebody comes and just dumps a complaint on you and they don't follow up with it, you and I need to think through the legitimate way to follow up with it, right? I'm going to pray that you will be able to recognize when God is patient with you so that you'll know how to be patient with your kids. Let's pray, right? I mean, it changes everything. Uh, here's another one. First, share the burden. Would you pray that I'll find work? Okay. Second, and would you pray that I will trust the Lord for manna each day rather than get swamped by my anxieties? <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. And again, if they're not the ones coming up with it, we need to be coming up with it. Hey, brother, I'll pray for you, but here's what I'm praying. You need to know how I'm going to pray. Because it's not enough that you just get a job. Right? It's that we need to learn to be content in whatsoever state we are. So I'm going to pray that. And when we begin to change that concept, then this brother I could use your help thing begins to... Can, can, let me just point out here. You know, in the scripture... You don't find too many times when somebody's sick, they, they cry out for help. But you don't find too many times in the scripture where, in, where people are coming up and saying, Hey, Paul, I'm really struggling with uh, this thing. Can you pray? You, know, you understand? I mean, I'm just pointing out that it doesn't happen that often in the scripture. You know what the assumption is in the scripture? That we are looking out for the other person. The Bible says, if a man be overtaken with a fault, ye who are spiritual, steps in, restores such an one. The idea is that we're looking for, you know, so someone comes in and, we, and there's an obviousness to a burden. Um, I can't tell you how many times, but three, three different people this week, meaning Sunday morning, Sunday night, and this morning, came into the doors already crying. They're carrying a burden as they're coming in that's an obvious one, right? And and I've got to be honest, I, you know, this is where we do this. And it's like, oh, I'm, I, I know you're hurting. I'll pray for you. But if we could bump that up to, let me tell you what I'm going to pray for you about and make it meaningful... Because I'm going to pray not only that, you know, that you can find strength to deal with the hurt, but I'm going to pray that God gives you the wisdom that you need to make the right steps, that, you know, whatever. You keep putting in the blank, right? And it changes. All of a sudden, you know, because nobody wants us to just walk in and whine, right? You know, you start whining and people will start avoiding you. It's just the reality. Nobody needs to listen to us whine all the time. And that's what's going to happen if we're not if we don't follow this up with some legitimate ways to be a help. Lord, I need your help. And part of the help that God's given is sitting around us tonight. But we need to learn. And the next step of this whole process is going to be how can we learn to be helpers? Now, here's the funny part about this, because the next step, the next time we're together, which won't be next Wednesday, um, we're looking at how to become a helper. 
But do you know what's still going to be our reality? As we walk in on a Wednesday night learning how to be a helper, we're still carrying in all of the burden of our circumstances, and we're still dragging sin problems in with us, and we're in need of help ourselves. And yet God says to us who are in need of help, I want you to be a helper. Because it's an amazing circumstance. The reason we're such good helpers is because we clearly understand what it means to need help. That's what makes us good helpers. And so once we recognize that we need help, we're really getting ready to let God make us into good helpers. Um, Prayers for help in the Bible. Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. You ever, you ever felt that way? Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Be, but be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Lord, help me and help me now. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Arise. For our help and redeem uh, for our help and redeem us for Thy mercy's sake, help us, O God, of our O God of our salvation, for the glory of Thy name, and deliver us and purge us away, purge away our sins for Thy name's sake. In Matthew 14, uh, Peter is sinking in the water. Remember, and he cries, "Lord, save me!" <laughs> you ever felt like you're just sinking in life? My help cometh from the Lord. The Bible says. And uh, this is, we're crying out for help. It's, the Bible's full of these prayers, full of them. It's a constant theme of the Bible where we're crying out for help. And God is providing help for us in ways that we're missing. And that's what this book's going to be. This, we're done with this part of it. Next time we're together, we're going to talk about how we're going to learn to be helpers. Helpers in need of help, right? That's what we are. And... Uh, but we're going to learn to be helpers now, learning to take the very burden that we're carrying. Remember um, that verse that says that God, I'm paraphrasing, God allowed us to go through this situation so that he could comfort us, so that we could comfort others with the comfort wherewith we were comforted ourselves. Remember that verse? Is, I can't remember. Second Corinthians 1. 15.4? 2 Corinthians 15.4? Is that what it is? Okay. Anyway, anyway, and that's it's like the reason that we are that God's allowed us to be in need of help is so that we can turn around and be used to help. It's kind of a it's an odd situation, but it makes the best helpers, right? Nobody can help you better than someone who's been through it. Uh, I say to people all the time when they're going through things that I've never gone through, and I pray that I don't have to, right? Somebody's burying their child just last week. Did a funeral for somebody burying their, burying their kid. And I, and I say to them things like this. You're going to be able to help people in ways I'll never be able to help them. I can say to people I understand. And they're going to look at me thinking, yeah, you don't really understand, Pastor. You know why? Because I don't really understand. I've never done that. But wow, once that's happened to you, you're going to help people in ways that I can't help them. I've never been through a divorce. That means you might have to, you'll be called upon to help people in ways I can't help them. I mean, I can help them because the Word of God works, right? Regardless, if a rock is speaking it, the Word of God still works. But, you know, the ability to come alongside someone with understanding and compassion is huge. 
And that's what that verse is trying to say. I, God says, I comforted you so that you can comfort others with the same comfort wherewith I comforted you. Right? And, and that's the whole idea of it. 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4. Thank you. They, they were looking at me like, I think it's 1. You, were, you seemed pretty confident it was 15. I was like, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'll let you guys duke it out. <laughs> All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to divide up into prayer groups. Anybody have a prayer request you want to share before we divide up into prayer groups, Brother Tim? Which is really unusual because uh, testicular cancer, in my experience, is more like 20-somethings, not 60-somethings. <laughs> but, okay, testicular cancer. Doc's nodding, so I think maybe I'm not the only one who's heard that. Um, yes, Ms. Loretta? Steve had a heart transplant, and now he's struggling with kidney failure, so pray for Steve. Anniversary a year in September that you had the first back surgery, so only, only took a year for you to start recovering from that one. Wow. That was something else, Joe. Those parents are heading back to Africa as missions work, and uh, they started the, the uh, trip by an airplane that did not show up and delayed them by a full day. So, pray they have traveling mercies. Bart?
As friend lost his wife car accident earlier this week, and uh, pray for his salvation as well as Steve Phelps. Steve Phelps, okay. And then Miss Brenda. Angela? Thank you. 